Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon. We appreciate everybody being here this morning. We're excited about what God's got for us. Um, I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited about what God has given me. Uh, as a pastor, the last thing you want to do as a pastor is get to Saturday evening and not have anything to preach. That was the, what the Lord did to me this week on my anniversary weekend. I guess because I took last Sunday off. But can I make a couple promises today? Um, that I probably can hold to. I'm probably not going to preach 28 minutes like Boy did last week. I'm thankful to him and David. I told Bree the other day, because Bree, when she speaks, she, she preaches longer like me. David and Boy will get you fired. They'll get you to the restaurant quicker than they'll get you fired. So I'm just picking. I ain't nothing. But uh, that's what Jennifer said. We were actually watching the service driving home last Sunday. And she's like, this guy just preached 28 minutes. I said, impossible, impossible. <laughs> so today I wanted to preach. And uh, so I guess since I had last Sunday off, I can give y'all both barriers, right? This week. So uh, uh, today I wanted to talk to us on the subject of a book that's very rarely ever preached on. Anybody know the little book of Jude? Jude is 25 verses, uh, one chapter. Uh, Jerry, can you just turn it down a little bit if you can? Um, the book of Jude, 25 verses in one chapter, but a lot of uh, meat in that chapter. I want to talk to us today on the subject, contending for the faith. 
contending for the faith. How many ever watched boxing or wrestling? Now we're in Alabama, so y'all know y'all might not watch boxing, but y'all know y'all watch some wrestling. First thing we need to do is have a confession. Because all these guys that used to watch wrestling, how many of you remember? I preached a little bit about this. I can get anointed. How many of you remember Continental Championship Wrestling? I'm going to date some of us. How many of you remember this guy named Bullet Bob Armstrong? Y'all remember him? I got two or three guys that, that, that are living right, and the rest of you guys need to repent. So y'all remember the older guys. But uh, when I was a boy, we would go on Saturday nights because Daddy wouldn't let us watch that stuff at his house. We would sneak out to my grandmother's house and we would watch Continental Championship Wrestling. And we would watch Bullet Bob Armstrong. And how many of us remember when a bullet would get fired up, he'd do this? You know, and I know it's kind of scary. Anybody that guys is in Speedos with no shirt on and wrestling is a little scary, but uh, that's kind of what they wore back in the day. And uh, we all got excited about it. And how many of us know that the villains, the, the villains and the victors would also would talk a lot of trash? You know, Colin and I went yesterday to UWA's, one of UWA's, let's talk about his football games. And what do these football players do the whole time when they're playing each other? They're always talking to each other about this one's, you know, this one's better than one player make a play and he's talking trash and the other kid, the other player on the other side will make a play and they'll be talking trash. But wrestlers and boxers are known for what? They're known for talking trash. They're known for being, and you have, what you have in any competitive sport is you have contenders and you have this thing called pretenders. You have somebody that's a contender, they stand up and they say I'm this and they can and then you have some of those that are pretenders. I always remember in wrestling, come on, take y'all back this couple and I'm gonna move on. I know y'all said, well, Pastor, you're gonna preach about wrestling this morning. But I always remember the guys that you knew that was always gonna get beat. You know, some of y'all need to watch Nacho Libre if y'all ever watched something funny. They always gonna get beat. But anyway, uh, I'm helping some of y'all too because y'all watched that too. Man, we need to repent today. That's the first thing we need to do. But, uh, you know, the guys is always getting beat. You know what they get every every fight when they get beat? Money. And some of them get paid to get what? Beat. I mean, if Bullet Bob was, was wrestling, most of the time, whoever he wrestled right was going to get beat. But you know, they got beat up and they got money too, right? <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all feel that way in your marriage this morning. I'm picking it up. I'm just joking. That's a joke. I'm not talking about literally getting beat up. I'm talking about this. this I'm just joking with y'all before but a lot of us think about a lot of times, we think about what people say and what people do. Can they back it up? But the little book of Jude, how many of us know who Jude was? Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. He was the brother of James. Anybody know the guy James who wrote that book called James? Y'all remember that? And James was kind of the guy, Jude's brother, who was in your face. How many of us ever really read the book of James and really enjoyed it? You get your toes crunched a little bit. James was the guy that was in your face and Jude was the brother of James. He didn't even, when Jude writes the book, he don't even mention that he's a brother of Jesus. You know what he says? I'm a servant of Jesus. Now, how many brothers would be good to be the servant of your brother? Come on, anybody's got brothers in here. You're not a servant, but Jude opens the book and he talks about being the servant, the brother of James and the servant of Jesus. So I want to read some scripture today, Jude chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Y'all stand with us for the reading of the word. I promise you I'm not going to talk about wrestling no more for at least 15 minutes. 
And uh, let's read today about Jude. All right, Jude chapter 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved by God, the Father, and kept by Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance, he says. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write to you and urge you to contend for the faith that was once entrusted to us. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to, and pray with us and ask God to anoint us for the preaching and teaching of this word. Father, we love you and we honor you and we thank you for your word today. There's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We pray that this word will not return void because we know it's your promise that it won't. We ask you to loose our lips and our hearts and our spirits and help us to be hearers of your word and doers of well. And we pray that everything we say and do will bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name and all the church said amen. amen and amen. But Jude opens the first few verses of, the, of that chapter and he talks about how he longed to write. And he goes in to say like this, he says, mercy and peace be yours in abundance. Now Jude begins the epistle with the explanation of who he is. Jude is James's brother. Jude is also Jesus's half-brother. And Jude can, explains to himself that he is a servant of Jesus Christ. Jude explains who his audience is. He explains to his audience, he describes his audience as to those who have been called who are loved in God the Father and are kept for Jesus Christ. And then he says, he pronounces a blessing. How many of us know that our words are important? How many of us know that every word that we speak has some value to it? Come on. How many of us ever, ever cursed somebody and ever blessed? I've cursed people before. But how many of us ever blessed somebody before? How do you know in the Bible, in biblical times, it was not, a, not only just in the Jewish culture, but in other cultures, in biblical times, it was a kind of a standard that when you entered somebody's house, what was the first thing that you did? Anybody know? When you was going to go into somebody's house. We still do it at some people's house. A lot of people come to my house and do this. They take their what? They take their shoes off. And they would take their shoes off and then the second thing they would do when they came in, another thing that they do that a lot of people don't do anymore, they think it's kind of weird to do this, but they greeted each other with a they greeted each other with a kiss. That wasn't something that was sexual or anything like that. That was something that was a greeting. They greeted each other with a kiss. You know, I greet my wife with a kiss every day. I try to. Sometimes she runs from me and I don't want it, but I still get to greet her with it with a kiss. But they also did something else. When they went into somebody's house or they greeted somebody, they pronounced a blessing, Cody. They would bless them. How many of us know today how different our, different our lives would be if we learned to bless instead of curse? How many of us know that what kind of doors that God could open in our lives if our words lined up with the word of God? I'm preaching to the preacher today. Because I've had one of those weeks this week, this week at work where and in situations in my life that I've gone through and got a phone call Thursday that was just hard for me to listen to. And I've been through some of those weeks this week when you hear things and you automatically want to react. How many of you ever done that? You hear something and you want to react. How many has ever said something to you in business or on a job and you want to say what you really want to say? Yeah. And it's just, it's just boiling to get out. It's like those two rascals. I told you I was coming back to this, right? I did warn y'all. So those two rascals are talking trash about each other and they want to fight and they really just, what they're doing is just getting you to spend more money on, on 
merchandise. Isn't that what they do? So, but you, you get to that point, you kind of like Bullet Bob. You, you know who you, who you are, and you really want to say something, but you don't say it. Come on. And, and haven't you ever said something, and when you said it, you wish you could take it back? We as Christians become more like Christ a lot of times by our words that we don't speak than when we do when we say things. What I mean by that is you say, well, Pastor, I may actually, actually say words. I need to have to speak it. You know, God made us to where we verbalize things. And I'm going somewhere with this. God created us when he created us. How many of knows in Genesis, the Bible says that God spoke and it was. And how many of know that Jesus was at the, at the founder of the nation of the earth. He was there and God spoke because Jesus is known as the what? The word, right? Jesus is known as the word, and when he spoke, things happened. And let me tell you something, church. There's not one word that comes out of our mouth when we speak that something don't happen in the spiritual realm. And you say, well, pastor, this is, how is this talking about contending for the faith? I'm glad you asked. I'm going somewhere. The Bible talks about that when we contend, the meaning of the word contend means to struggle, to surmount, uh, uh, struggle to make words and, and, and surmount words in difficulty and in danger is when we struggle. It also means to assert something as a position in an argument. How many ever had an argument with somebody? Now, I'm not going to talk my husband's wife's day because I'm enjoying my anniversary, right? I'm not going to dig myself in the hole. I don't know about you guys. Y'all can do what y'all want to today, but I'm going to try to stay on the good side today, okay? And I think she went out, so I'm okay. I'm good. So y'all don't tell her anything. But how many of us want to say something? Like, when you ever been in an argument, you want to make your point. Come on now. You want to make your point. You want to, you want to say something. How many of ever been in, in the workforce or something and somebody says something that's against your political views and what you believe in morally? You, you want to say something. You want to stand up and say something. But listen to me, church. It's time for the church to contend for the faith. Jude talked about it. He said, I need you to contend for the faith. Now hear me today, church. Where you, I hope everybody in this room is a Christian. You are a follower of Jesus Christ today. That's my prayer as a pastor. But I'm going to tell you something today. We have come to a time in the church that Jude's words are calling the church back to contending for the faith. You say, what do you mean contend for the faith? I'm going to bring a couple things out this week that happened. We no longer can call Mr. Potato Head a man. Can I, can, I share, can I just share my heart this morning? We no longer can call Mr. Taylor's head a, a male. He is now uh, a plural gender. That's garbage. We no longer can have Dr. Seuss books printed because they offend people. Can I tell you something today? The words that Jesus spoke offended people and it caused him to be put on the cross. You say, well, Pastor Rex, anybody ever remember that? I would have told those. If you talk about wrestling, you got to talk about country music. I just remember the country song, Well, you got to stand for something, or you'll fall for anything. I'm going to take some of y'all. Amen. Y'all got one of those real preachers. He knows country music. I may even get some 80s rock here from Power Battles here in a minute, Brian. Yeah, gospel, gospel journey, right? You got to be your own so the problem that we have today with Christians is we don't want to contend because contending is going to cost me something. 
But can I tell you something? What Jesus did on the cross for us cost him something. The disciples that were martyred for the faith, their faith cost them something, many of them their lives. It cost them something. You say, well, Pastor Rex, why are you even talking about something like this and talking about contending for the faith? What I'm trying to say today, church, is everything that we've always taught and preached and believed in, we better get ready to defend. You say, well, Pastor Rex, you're talking, no, I'm telling you, there's already been laws written that haven't been voted on, voted on yet that will silence the church. Yeah. And you know who they're coming for first? Because they don't want you to say what the Bible says about these lifestyles. This may get taken down this morning. That's okay if it does. So I don't want you to talk about things that's immoral or wrong anymore because that makes me feel uncomfortable. If I make you feel uncomfortable and save you and the Lord saves you and the Holy Spirit convicts you and the Lord saves you from going to hell, I want to make you uncomfortable. Yes. What are you saying? It's time for people of God to contend for the faith. Sometimes contending for the faith makes me do good. Sometimes contending for the faith will have me close my mouth. And sometimes contending for the faith will have me stand up and quote scripture and say, this is what the word of God, this is my standard of living. See, as Christians, we don't get our standard of living by what we think that we should take of the Bible and what we should leave. Our, our standard of living is the word of God and we can't sway from that. So Jude is calling us, he's saying, what I need you to do is contend for the faith that was entrusted to you. And Jude challenges believers everywhere. He said, the salvation we share, contend for the faith that was once entrusted to you, God's people. And contend means to stand up for. Matter of fact, there's a lot of things that we believe as a church that's being attacked. Let's talk about a few of those things. The Bible says, Jesus said, actually Peter said in 1 Peter 4 and 8, he says, above all, he says, as a matter of fact, we need to love one another deeply. How many have loved ones? Family members, children, you love. Everybody here has somebody that you love. You love one another deeply. Now, how many of us, if you were out working on the road out here and you were out working on a road crew and there was a bridge out and you're there with a sign and there are people driving towards you and you know that bridge is out and it's dark at night, and you're trying to save people from getting from going through that detour or that roadblock, would you do it? Would you lift your voice and raise your sign high and tell people to stop? Come on, have you ever got and been on the road before and, and there'd be a wreck, wreck up ahead and you see people out uh, waving their hats or whatever before the EMTs or the police got there, they're trying to stop somebody from running into a wreck or an accident. Would you do that to save somebody's life? How many of us would do that to save some of our family's life? How many of us would contend for the faith, would stand up and would say, hey, this is what we see and this is our lives and this is our lives are being judged by the word of God. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 10. He says, there's an enemy of your soul. Do we have an enemy? Yes, we have an enemy. He's called the Satan. He, the Bible calls him the father of all lies. In John 10 and 10, it says, against the enemy of our souls, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Now, is that promise conditional? Yes. 
Is eternal life conditional? Yes. I don't have to accept it. I don't have to accept eternal life. It's a free gift, but many people walk away from it every day. Am I right? So God himself made it, Samantha, this way to where I don't, I don't have to accept Jesus as my Savior. It's a gift that Jesus paid for. I don't have to do anything but confess my sins and receive it. But Brother Keith, it's still a choice, right? How many like to go to a restaurant and have a choice? How many is like, would you like fries with that? Or would you like a parfait? Do you want 20 chicken? How many of the chicken nuggets now, Colin? You, you're a chicken nugget guy. Hell. I think you get 20 for five bucks. 20 for five bucks. But you can choose what you want for that. Do you, do you, want, a, do you want an ice cream sundae? Yes. The ice cream sundae machine is working now. Yeah. 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 Point I'm trying to make is everybody likes to have choices. How many likes to go to the steakhouse and some people like filet, somebody, some people like ribeye, some people like T-bone. Y'all get where I'm going? Everybody likes to have choices. But hear me today, church. Hear me. We have a choice to make as Christians. And this is where we're at as a church. We no longer and never have get to pick and choose what we believe. If we say we believe it, Brian, we're getting a season to where we're going to have to prove it. You ever had somebody tell you a big windy about how big of a fish they caught? You know, somebody comes and tells me, hey, I caught this five-pound bass. You know what I want them to do? I want them to open their phone up and show me that bass, right? Because they can talk about, yeah, I use such and such buzz bait, and I use this lure, and I use this lizard to catch this one, and I use that. But I want to see the bass, right? I want to be able to see the fish. How about somebody ever told you they killed this big 12-point buck, and you always waiting on the picture? Come on. How about you guys that killed this turkey and everybody else is waiting on you to show them? And then they always want to know what? What happens when you catch a fish? What's the first question that's going to be asked? I'm helping some of y'all. I want to let y'all laugh a little bit, right? If you catch a fish, what did you catch the fish on? And the big question that no fisherman has got any sense whatsoever is going to tell, where'd you catch the fish at? You're not going to give away your fishing spots, right? Me and Jason went fishing. Was it last fall? Was last summer because it was really hot. We went fishing last summer. It was really hot, by the way. And you know what Jason taught me in about two days? To, to switch lures. When they're not biting one, Cody, go to another. Switch lures. You know what I would do in the past? Man, I know he's going to hit this bus bait, so I'm going to keep throwing it. Every time I looked around, Brian, Jason's over there switching lures again. And then I noticed something. He began to get bites because... You know, Jason was was not was, was was switching lures and he was catching fish. And you know what happened after that first evening when I caught one fish? I decided I'm listening to Jason. And I'm gonna switch, start switching lures. And then he started showing, well, if you didn't throw it, you throw this reel, you throw this reel like that. And if it's your presentation, it's how you because all I ever did was catfish and brim fish. Can I get amen? amen. But he was showing me how to bass fish. You know what happened the second evening? I outfished Jason. So you know what that tells you, Jason? Don't share your anointing and secrets with everybody. The preacher's going to take over. That's what's going to happen. The bottom line is, church, we have come to a time as a church, and I'm making a spiritual, a spiritual analogy here. We've come to a time as believers 
of Jesus Christ that we need to share what we know. We need to be willing to give it away. You know why? Because somebody else's livelihood and life and eternity depends on it. And what Jude was saying, hey, you know what's happening? Is there a bunch of ungodly people that's kind of gotten into the church and gotten into the body of believers and they're teaching you something that's not of the Bible or you're going to defend the faith or you can continue. I'm going to move a little quicker on this. Jude was saying, hey, what I need you to do is I need you to contend for the faith. He said in verse 4, he said in Jude 1 and 4, it says, For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ as our sovereign Lord. What does Christianity stand for? Christian means what? Christian. That means I am a follower of Christ. If I am a follower of Christ, there is one absolute in the gospel, and Jesus talked about it several times. Jesus made the statement, you've heard me quote many, many times, and you'll hear me quote again, as long as the Lord's got me here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is not more than one way to find the Lord and find eternal life. Jesus is the only way. So we need to understand that there's a lot of people that are teaching and believing that there's more than one way to God. One church teaches now, that's not a biblical church, teaches that if you give a certain amount of money, you have this place called a holding place. So if you give a certain amount of money, you have this thing where you're safe. The gift that we have that Jesus paid for, he's already paid the debt. I don't have to pay anything for it. All I got to do is receive it through him, right? So they want you, I would, I'm not going to call the name, but they want you to give them money so you can find some peace of mind. Jesus paid the ultimate price so I can have eternal life and have it to the full. Isn't that what he said? He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Where am I going with this? Listen to me, church. There's many people that are teaching many things that are repugnant to the word of God. The problem that we've had in the past is that we're too busy of being against other churches. Come on. We're too busy talking about the Baptist church down the road and the, the Methodist church down the road, and, and they're preaching Jesus him crucified, and Paul talked about that. We need, to, we need to learn to unify as long as they believe in, in, in a biblical faith in Jesus as the Son of God. We need to leave it alone and join together and reach people for Jesus. But the Bible also talked about it. Paul talked about it at length. We need to expose the tricks and the wiles of the enemy. If you know somebody's going to drink something that's poison, you're going to stop them from drinking it, amen? If, I had, if you had a disease and I had a medicine that would cure that disease or stop that disease from making you ill or sick. I would give you, I would do anything, everything in my power to give you that medicine. But here in today, church, there's a world that we are around every day that are sick and hurting and broken and we refuse to give it away. Jude said, contend for the faith. He said, give it away. He said, stand up. He talked about, at length, about people who deceive others. You turn on the news today. Make a bold statement. 
This one might have been. I'm done with worrying about what they see on Facebook anymore. Make a bold statement right here. 90% of what you get on the news is fake news. And has an agenda. There's an agenda behind that. You know what we need to be focusing on? What news we need to be focusing on, Brian? The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what our radar needs to be, Jake? The gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God. How I build my life. I can stake my life upon it. I can, I can plant, plant everything I have on the word of God and the truth of the word of God. And if I do that, I will be successful. Isn't that what Proverbs says? You know what the parable said? One man built his house upon the sand. And what happened? The rains came and the walls and it fell down. But one man built his house upon the rock. And when the rain and the winds and the storms came, it wouldn't fall because it was built on something solid. You can build your, listen to me young people, listen to me young couples just starting out. We, we and my wife have been at this 29 years. We've made many mistakes. I've failed many times. But can I tell you, we, the rock has never failed under me. I've failed many times. But the rock has been consistent. And that rock is Jesus Christ. You can build your life on it. You can stand on it. And it's something that needs to be defended. We need to defend the faith. You say, well, how do I defend the faith? Live for Jesus. Read his word. Let it change your life. Brother Keith, I got to sit in this morning. They're teaching, he's teaching on Ephesians at nine o'clock on Sunday morning, a great study. And he was talking about in Ephesians chapter four, what our words and the power of life and how we used to live and how when we come to know Jesus, our lifestyle changes. Listen to me, church. If you're if you're committed to Jesus Christ and your life hasn't changed, you need to go back again. Did I just say that? There, there's going to be some change there. When I got saved, I cussed. I did all kinds of things that I didn't need to do. I had habits that I didn't need. Come on. But when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I didn't want to be like, be, I, I wasn't about what Rex wanted anymore. I wanted to be like him. I didn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, Brian. I wanted to live for Jesus. I wanted to be a difference maker. I wanted to make a change in the, for the kingdom for Jesus. I didn't want to, Judy, it wasn't about me anymore. It wasn't about what I wanted. And he's saying, today, church, it, it, as the more we get to know Jesus, and I thought about you. Jude not mentioned many times as James was because his brother James, John was the fire one. He's the one talking about life is just a vapor. It appears for a while and vanishes away. Jude's got one little book that we know of. But Jude knocks it out of the park. He said the problem is you let all these people come in who don't treat, teach and preach the gospel and you got people running roughshod of you that don't have a standard, they live in immoral lifestyles and look what's happened to them. If you go read in the latter part of Jude, Jude refers to them, Brian, as clouds without rain. Trees plucked up by the roots and twice dead. What is he talking about? There was a physical death and there was a spiritual death. Hear me today, church. You say, I know, Pastor, we're not supposed to preach like this. We're supposed to give people 12 points to make it a better life. Can I give you 12 points to make a better life? Get in that book. Get in that book, and that book will tell you how to live. 
Jude says, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you the truth. I got 25 verses to tell you the truth. He said, remember this town, these two cities called Sodom and Gomorrah? <coughs> they were racked with all kinds of sexual perversion and sin. I remember the story. And he refers to it. And he says, because they would not repent, God destroyed them. He also referred to the children of Israel. Go read it for yourself. And he said, you know, God brought them out of, of Egypt. Anybody know what Egypt represents in the Bible? Bondage and slavery. So God brought the children of Israel out of slavery and he gave them, he, he gave them a place of freedom. But what happened when the food went out and the water ran out? What was they saying? I, I wish we were back in Egypt by the flesh pots. I wish we was back there again. I wish we were back in Egypt again. And Egypt represented slavery. I'm going somewhere with this. A lot of times in our lives when things get bad, we long for the way things used to be. I've had friends of mine tell me, I'm not here, Rex, for a long time, but I'm here for a good time. I'm going to live my life my way. I'm going to do what I want to do with my life. And I tell you, many of them are not here anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live my life my way. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to keep on doing what I do and living the way I live. Ain't nobody tell me what to do. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. You know what Scripture says? And this is not warm and fuzzy all over this morning, but this is the truth. What Jude was saying is Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of their sin. And he also said the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, but they went back to their sin, and Jesus did away, and the Father went did away with them. Isn't that what Scripture said? They were judged again, and they all died. I'm not coming in here this morning to tell you that if you sin, the Lord's going to cause you to die. I'm not saying that. Hear what I'm saying today. But what I am saying is this. There is warnings always, all the way through the Bible about ungodly lifestyle. Mm -hmm. About lying. Brother Keith touched on this morning. About lying and cheating and stealing. The Bible says a man that don't work, don't eat. Mm -hmm. You mean preachers are still preaching this like this today? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can't complain about not having anything to eat when there's jobs everywhere and we won't go get one. Right? Is this right? Is this right? What we need to understand is today, church, that Jude was giving the church a warning. He was telling you, okay, whatever you believe, you better get ready to defend it. So I'm giving you a charge today, church. And the time's coming, and I'm not speaking doom and gloom. The Bible says there's going to be married and given in marriage until the coming of the Lord. Ain't that what Scripture says? Right. So you families that are just starting out and having children, you keep on having children, you keep on living life, but you put Jesus in the center of it. Yeah. I'm not telling you to be, walk around in fear and, and, and constantly be looking for, for, for the next doom and gloom thing behind the corner, but what I am telling you to open your eyes and read the book and know what's about to happen. Right. And be ready for it. And be ready for it. Never thought I'd see the day that you can't stand up and say certain things in certain places. 
Never thought I'd see the day when a person can identify as a woman, a man, and go into a man's, a woman's bathroom. If anybody has a question about that, I'll explain it to you at the church, how it works, how you can know if you're a man or a woman. I know that's tight, but that's right this morning. The bottom line is, church, we need to understand this. It is not an attack against us. It's an attack against the character of God. I mean, let's know that Jesus is male. Come on. And the Holy Spirit is referred to as he. <coughs> Male and gender. It's not an attack against the gender. It's an attack against the solemnity of our God. Right. Who set everything in place. And you said, well, Pastor, where are you going with this? We need to learn to love people unconditionally, but to live our life not to live in the sin that they're living in. Because how is somebody going to want what I got? If I'm partying the same party they're partying, and I'm snorting the same line of cocaine that there's, come on, I'm being real. And I'm sleeping around just like they're sleeping around. Am I saying this this morning? And I'm doing the things that they do. They want some hope. So if, I, if, 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 I, if I'm going to offer hope, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to give people hope. By the way, my lifestyle is... I don't mean I'm perfect. How many is in here perfect? If you're perfect, I want to talk to you after church and get your secrets. Right. I know we'll, have, we'll, we'll talk about it one day. But our lives make a difference. Jude said it like this. He says, the clouds without rain. The trees that are plucked up. They're dead twice. Pretty harsh words. But what was going on in that time, as there were many people coming up and saying, oh, you don't have to believe in Jesus. You just got to be a good person. Being a good person don't get me into heaven. Knowing Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior gets me into heaven. That's where my eternal life lies. Living by the word of God is pronounced with a blessing. Anybody ever read Proverbs? Go read Ecclesiastes. If I live by the word of God, there is a pronounced blessing. God gives me and blesses me. How many are blessed today? There is a pronounced blessing. Then he calls, then you cause us to persevere. He says, how do you know these people? How do you know these people? The grumblers, the fault finders, they use other people. Got really quiet. I'm going to have to get the worship team back and I'm play a couple songs. Get ready pump again. But they grumblers, they fault finders, they go around talking to everybody about everybody and they manipulate. Right. Anybody ever been around anybody like that? Right. Can I give you a little wisdom today? If they'll talk about somebody to you, they'll talk about you to somebody else. Right. That's not your friend. That's a spirit of manipulation. I gotta manipulate somebody all the time and get them to do what I want them to do. Am I really their friend? Right. So what Jude was saying, Jude was saying it like this. Listen, church, listen. He was saying, look, how do you know they're gonna want to divide you? They're gonna want to divide. They're gonna pit people against the other person. They're gonna turn this one against this one. You ever had somebody you get around them? Come on. Just get that feeling. 
I guess I'm, I'm going I'm to go ahead and take it and, and go ahead and have a prayer and close because I guess I'm the only one. You ever get around that person you have a feeling? Yeah. Just don't feel good about it? Right. Or maybe the Holy Spirit showing you something. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the Holy Spirit telling us that there are certain people that we don't, that don't mean we don't love people. Right. That means that we hear this thing called the Holy Spirit speak to us. And we learn not to go in certain places and do certain things. The first thing I had to do when I got saved, call it, was I had to change my circle of friends. I couldn't do what I used to do. The guys that I run with in high school, Brian, they used to drink and party on the weekends and do all the stuff that they did. I loved them. They were my best friends growing up. But when I got saved, something inside of me, I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to live for Jesus. I wanted my life to please Jesus. I didn't mean I was perfect. But you know what they would do? Jennifer, remember this? We had an old house that was built in the 1950s. It was colder on the inside of the house than it was on the outside of the house. We laugh about it now. But they would come over to my house even after they knew I committed my life to Christ. You know what they would say? They would say, won't you tell me about Jesus? Won't you tell me about Did they something? And I had this friend uh, uh, guys, I had this friend in high school, and he called me Hair. My last name, of course, y'all know my last name, Hair. But my nickname in high school was Hair Bear. That's what they called me. And he was, he was, me and him had been best friends since third grade. And he'd come over to my house, and he would say, Hair Bear, what's different about you? You're not like you used to be when we went out on the weekends. What's different about you, man? There's something, something different about you. Used to go around talking about people all the time, trying to be big, cussing people, talking down to people all the time, always trying to start a fight or something. What's different about you? And I, all I, the only thing I can say is I met Jesus. Right. I couldn't take no credit for it, but I met Jesus. A few years later, he called me one day out of the blue. Hadn't heard from him probably in five years. He called me one day and says, Rex, I had to talk to you. He said, I had to talk to you. He's a, he's a travel nurse. He was in California working. He said, I had to talk to you. I thought somebody had died or something. Something happened to his family member. He said, no, I was at the hospital working the other day. And we were on a break and I went to a Bible study and I, let, I accepted Jesus tonight. I had to tell you. You said, well, Pastor, you said, well, Pastor Rex, what's the difference? Like, all I know that Jesus might have used me and he may not, but that guy seen something different in me. And it wasn't anything I've done. It's because I accepted Jesus. Can I tell you today, if you don't know Jesus, when you get saved, you can come to these altars today and you can commit your life to Jesus and you can get up from here and not everything's going to be perfect, but you're going to have some help from here on out. You're going to have a covenant relationship with a God that loves you unconditionally. We've talked a lot about defending and contending for the faith. And now let's talk about a God that loves us. There's a God that loves us so much that he gave his very best, who was Jesus Christ. He gave his, his child away. How many of us could give our children away for somebody else? Gave the life of his very best, who was Jesus Christ, who loves us unconditionally. He will love you unconditionally. If you fall 40 times, he'll be there 41 to pick you up. That's the kind of love we have in Christ Jesus. But following him is going to cost us something. It may cost you some friends. If 
probably going to cost you some relationships. It has me. I've had people make fun of me. I've had people talk about me. Guess what? If you're breathing, somebody's talking about you. Give you a little freedom there. Seriously. You ain't heard somebody say, What's it? Is your ear itching? And that old bystander. You're burning, somebody's talking about me. Well, man, ours all up the old fire. Because somebody's talking about you. Somebody's going to talk about you. All I know, when I told Jesus that night at that altar, and there was about 125, 130 people in Jennifer's home church that night. And that man was preaching that night, Brian. It was like I was the only person in that room. It's like it was just me and him, and he's talking to me. Because Jesus had made it a point to meet me that night. And it was like I was the only one in the room. And all the noise and all the anguish and all the anger and all the resentment that I brought in there, I left there that night. I didn't get up from there perfect, but I got up from there saved on my way to heaven. Because I accepted the free gift of Jesus Christ. That he paid for. I didn't have to do anything but just confess my sins and believe on the Lord and he saved me. That night, Jude was saved. There's those who are against you. You're going to know. You're going to know. He said. They're going to be scoffers. What do you do if you scoff at somebody? You make fun of them. Anybody ever made been made fun of before? Yeah. When I was in the elementary school, I had a speech pen. And I got made fun of every day. And my mom would tell me every morning, Brian, she says, your identity ain't in who, what they say about you, young man. Your identity is in who, what, what God says about you. Yeah. She would look at me every day and she would talk about my identity. I didn't even know Jesus, but I knew my mama knew it. But she says, you don't worry about what those kids say about you. But I had this friend, you. This friend. And I'm going somewhere with this, but I had this friend every day when the kids would make fun of me. And I was sitting there at that table by myself some days crying in this third grade I had this buddy that would come up to me. And he'd bring his plate and he'd go sit down beside me. And we went to the playground. He'd come talk to me. Come play with me. When we was playing softball or basketball or kickball, he was choosing, he was a good athlete. He'd pick me to go and get on his team. You know who that guy was? That was my best friend that called me years later. And told him that he found Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't even Christian, but he was a good person. Mm-hmm. And I could go to him today and call him and ask for something. If he's there, he would help me. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to make today, church, is how we live matters. You may think what you do tomorrow on the job is insignificant. It don't matter. I'm just putting a car together. I'm just teaching school. I'm just working in retail, I'm doing whatever I'm doing, it don't matter. But how you present your Lord matters. And how you become 
A godly man or woman matters to your children. And being a good person matters. Not making fun of somebody. Not. You know, how many have been around, been in the job? You know where people are? They used to call it water cooler back in the day. You knew that all the good, the tea that was being spilled was around the water cooler, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Somebody was talking about somebody. All I know, when I found Jesus, and those guys that were talking about people with the water cooler, I wouldn't be a part of that no more. Those guys were t telling those dirty jokes, I wouldn't be a part of that. Something inside of me, not that I was perfect here, but something inside of me told me that wasn't right. You get where I'm going? And I didn't want to talk about nobody else. I couldn't stand to hear somebody else talk about somebody. A lot of times, I would contend. I would stand up with that person. Why did you say that? And that big all hair. There's one of my Christian folks tell me how to live with you. There's one of those people that think they're better. No, I didn't think I was better than nobody else. But I met Jesus and he changed my life. So Jude is saying, you'll know. You'll know. He said that will be without natural affection. It'll be like animals. Do you see it around you today? Do we see it? And then you close this whole chapter with this verse. He says, this is what I want you to do. These few verses. Jude chapter 1, verse 20 through 5. 20, verse 20 through 25, I should say. But you, dear friends, building yourself up in the most holy faith, I want you to do something. I want you to pray in the Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait on the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. He says, in verse 23, he says, be merciful to those in doubt. How many of you have ever been around somebody that doubt? They just doubt. I remember the story of Thomas. Thomas saw Jesus face to face and he says, I can't believe that, Lord, I, I, I won't believe that you're Jesus until I put my hands in your side when you've been pierced. Thomas doubted. And then Jesus said, Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So God's called us to minister to people who doubt. He said in verse 23, He said, Save others by snatching them from the fire and showing mercy to them mixed with fear, hating the clothing even stained by corrupted flesh. What was Jude saying there? He said, Reach out to people, love people, but don't get involved in the sin there. Don't be a part of it. Love people unconditionally. I want you to love people. Above all else, Jesus said, this is how they will know you that you're my disciples. By the way, not buy you a nice car sitting on the hill or millions of dollars in the bank account. They'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. That's what he said. This is how they know you're my disciples. By your love for one another. It's not always easy to love, is it? Not easy at all. It's easy to love somebody that loves you, isn't it? I mean, I remember when we were kids, y'all can relax, I'm gonna let y'all out. 
That's not better. How many of you remember when you were a kid to get a Valentine? How many of you still make the Valentine when they were a kid? And mom and dad had eight kids, so we didn't always have money to go buy Valentine's for everybody, but we made Valentine's. How many of you made sure that you got that Valentine with that special person with that little valve you like? Come on. Come on, everybody had to hide. But you made sure you got that Valentine, that special one, because you love it. How many people has God put in our lives because they need some love? And they need it besides February the 14th once a year. They need to be loved. They need to be cared about. Jude was saying, there's a lot of people that's creeped in they're just trying to divide and conquer and manipulate and drag you down and make fun of you. But what I want you to do is I want you to love them. I want you to care about them. I want you to help them. I want you to care about and see things the way that they see things. I can understand at times. I'm just being honest with you. Why people are hurt. Are critical of Christians. Anybody ever thought about that? People, people are critical of Christians. Amen. They're critical. Right? I can understand a lot of times why though. We still we're telling the same jokes and doing the same things and living the same lifestyle. Did they see anything real of us? They see the same thing. Maybe that person's having a bad day going through a hard situation and no one else will listen to them. Maybe God's put you in their life and listen to them. Right. Is that always easy? Uh, you know, everybody's got that person. Oh, here comes this person again. Everybody's got it. But I've seen a lot of times. Don't be looking at your wife and husband. Don't be looking at your But God will put people in our lives to love them and to listen. And to listen. Jude would say, love them. Don't love the sin they're in, but love them. And reach out and tell them the truth. You know, my mom, my dad used to tell me this all the time. He'd say, he'd get, be getting ready to whoop me. We didn't get spankings in, we got whoopings. He'd say, son, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I'd be like, man, would you find a new one? <laughs> then I had kids, and I realized when I had to discipline my kids, what my dad meant. Because they thought, my kids thought, I was going to give them a spanking. Or I'm going to discipline them, but I was really enjoying that. I really wasn't. Everybody's looking at me like a deer in the headlights. When you get kids one day, you understand. Yeah. I didn't want to get on to them and spank that hand when they're little and they're touching something, the babies and hover. And they don't I didn't want to do that, but you know what? I did it because I loved them. Uh-huh. Didn't want them to get hurt. You know what God does to us sometimes? Hey, don't do that. Jude was saying, love them through it. Right. And he said, Well, Pastor Rich, you share a lot about people that are living in ungodly lifestyles and doing like but you know what they're looking for? They're looking for something real. Right. That don't mean you're perfect. That means you're real. Mm-hmm. You know? How I many's ever had that friend? You didn't like it, but they would tell you the truth. Right. Yeah. 
They would tell you the truth. You may not like it at the time, but they tell you the truth. And they ended up, and you really didn't like it when they ended up being right. Then you get down the road, you'd have to say, oh, you know, you're right. You know, husbands don't like saying that to our wives, right? You know, honey, you were right. Help your husbands, they're always right. Okay? That's right. Give you some successful marriage tips after 29 years. Bottom line is, church, is that we need love people. We don't give up what we believe. We don't compromise the word of God. Mm. It's, not, it's not a compromisable book. It's not something that we can compromise. But what we do, try to live by, is by it. Mm. And you can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. A lot of times when you're in that traffic, and you about to have some serious road rage. I'm, I'm just gonna hit somebody. Y'all don't want to sleep in, but I'm fixing to finish with finish it with a bang right here. And you about to have some serious road rage. And that voice says, just let it go. Let it go. I just remember the little cartoons. The guy had the little devil on this side, the big four, and the little angel on this side. And that devil was always winning. Y'all enjoying that too much, right? But the Holy Spirit, a lot of times, don't say that. Ever, when somebody says something to you and, and it stirs you up, and all of a sudden you like say, just walk away. Sometimes you got to walk away. Anybody ever do that? Sometimes you just got to excuse yourself and walk away. It's the Holy Spirit helping us love people. Sometimes love just shuts us up. And I don't know if I can wish the preacher would do that now. Love us, Pastor, shut up. Jude will say get ready to contend for the faith get ready not only to contend for the faith but defend the faith and in the end this is the last one get ready to extend grace and mercy you know what mercy is mercy is when you get something you don't deserve but you get it anyway mercy is what Jesus gave me on the cross I didn't deserve it but he gave it to me Anyway, grace is something I live by every day. But Jesus offered us mercy. Scripture says he makes his mercies new every day. That means I don't care how many times I failed Saturday when I get back up Sunday, his mercies are going to be new again. That's his promise. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we honor you and thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that you're a good God and that you love us and that you care for us, Lord. We pray today, God, that you would help us. We pray today that you would allow us to continue to live for you, to contend for the faith, to stand up for things that are right, Lord, to let our voice be heard. And Lord, at times, be able to hear the still, small voice of your Holy Spirit. Sometimes, Lord, it helps us to be quiet when we need to, the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for that. But help us to love people unconditionally. Help us to love people unconditionally. And we can only do that with your help, Lord. We can only do that with the help of your Holy Spirit. We just pray today that your word will permeate the words of Jude 
contend for the faith. It's a blessing that's been entrusted into us. It's a covenant relationship that we have with you. We don't earn it, yet you give it, Lord. Apostle Paul said we can't earn it. You give it to us full and free. It's a free gift. Lord, help us to walk in that, in the authority that you've given us. Through the word of God, help us to live for you daily. To live for you daily. And surrender everything, every feeling, every hang-up. God, you were hung up for our hang-ups. Every failure, you paid the price for us, Lord. We thank you for that, Jesus. We pray that you would cleanse us of all unrighteousness for your name's sake. That you would go before us. That you would make crooked paths straight for us. That you would open doors for us that no man can close and close doors <coughs> that no man can open. Lord, we trust you today. We trust you in Jesus' name. We trust you that your word is true. And we trust you, God, that we walk in that word today. We walk in the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Help us to stand up for it. Sometimes in our lives, God, in the days ahead, you're going to call us to do that, to just stand up and defend the gospel of Jesus Christ, to defend it with our lives. And we honor you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.